What's up, mamas? It's Tanika Ray. I was a television host for 20 years before my entire life blew up when I had a baby. Shifting gears from red carpets to a gig called mom required a whole new game plan. The carefree, globe-trotting boss babe me was suddenly in search of a mommy tribe to help me navigate the inevitable fumbles and fails of raising a kid. Mama Stay with Tanika Ray is a sanctuary for the Mommy Collective, where we amplify our self-love and self-care, trade tips on raising conscious kids, help each other fine-tune our boundaries, and celebrate the highs while forgiving ourselves for the lows in the wild, 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 wild world of mommying AF. Welcome to Mama's Day with Tanika Ray. Well, mamas, school is out, the summer is here, and we are just going to work a little harder, <laughs> making sure our kids are in camp, making sure they have all the tools necessary to prosper over the summer. It is a three-month gap where our kids grow exponentially, intelligently, emotionally, and mentally And it's a great time for us to put a couple more extracurriculars into their schedule that will enhance their greatest selves. I wanted to bring somebody on for this. It's kind of our finale show for the year, even though we will still have some really fun shows through the summer. This is kind of the end of our season. And who better to end this second season of Mama's Day with Tanika Ray than with Miss Tabitha Brown. That's right. I brought the mother of all mothers, in my opinion, right now. Her glow, her light, her beauty, her effervescence. It's something that we all need right now. So take some time and learn about mommying AF and trying to find the zen in our mommy journey. I thought that nobody's better than Miss Tabitha Brown, whose glow up is blinding us and we all need sunglasses. Please welcome to the mic. For a little Tanika and Tab time, or Tab and Tanika time, Miss Tabitha Brown. Hi, Mamacita. Hello. Oh my God, I'm so happy we have finally made this happen. (laughs) Well, you know what? Like I always say here at Mama Stay, we have so much grace, especially for a woman who has waited her whole life for this beautiful glow up. I am like, do your thing. Thank you. I appreciate you. You look beautiful. Are you still in North Carolina? I literally got back last night. Okay. That's your (laughs) life now. It is. I mean, you know, North Carolina is home and I had to go home and do that event. So I was like, but I had to get back because I had to work here. So, but yeah, that's it, girl. That's my life. I sleep on airplanes more than I sleep in my bed. (laughs) To my old life. Um, I know that life very well. I yeah. was in on a red eye, go to work on that morning. But you get to do this with your own companies, your own brands, your own creativity. You've got to explain to me 4.2 million people follow you <laughs> on Instagram and probably millions more on every other platform. Take me to 2020. Did you ever see this happening for yourself? <laughs> Well, you know, it's so crazy because it started for me in 2017, right? It's when I started doing videos, driving Uber, did a video sitting in my car, eating a sandwich. Mm-hmm. It went viral in December 30th, 2017. 
It went viral. By January 2nd or 3rd, Whole Foods reached out and they were like, oh my God, we saw your video. And my life has never been the same since like January 4th of 2018, right? And so I think I had, I don't even know, maybe 5,000 followers. I don't even know at that time. You know, won't know my friends and family. Yeah. My followers shot up from 2018 to 2020. I had like half a million followers on Facebook. That was my platform because I cooked every day at five o'clock. So on Instagram, I had 200,000 followers and I just all organically just from cooking every day and doing inspirational videos. That was it, you know, coming from this journey that I had been on where I had given my life to God, like truly given myself to him. And I was only doing what he asked me to do. I wasn't trying to like pursue my acting in that moment. I was like, okay, whatever you want me to do, God, I'm going to do that. That's why I was doing these cooking videos. But I never, ever, ever could have dreamt that my life would change for me doing videos about vegan food for one, or just, you know, giving inspiration to people and sharing my life with people. Right. So March of 2020, my daughter kept begging me to get on TikTok. And I was like, girl, I'm not getting on there with them kids. It's another app. I'm already on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. Like, it's too much. Yes. He was like, no, mommy, you can be like the TikTok mom. You know, you, you can be like, do your, your cooking videos. You can do your inspiration videos. And I was like, but the videos are 60 seconds. How in the world am I going to do that? Right. But I listened to her finally after her begging me for a couple of weeks. I got on. And then the first week I did go viral and I was like, oh, well, I guess they do like me right much, you know, on, on TikTok. And within the first 30 days, I had a million followers. And then a week later, I had two million. And then it just kept growing. OK, stop, because some yeah. of us are like, what the this algorithm hates me? <laughs> what are we doing with this algorithm? He's my worst right. ex-boyfriend. Like you just are obviously authentic. You are completely who you are. And you think the vegan food, the shutdown, there's a combination of eating healthy. We all wanted to level up. Something about the planets aligning. It was just your moment. I mean, it was crazy. I was just like, okay, God, what are you doing? But what I also realized is that people were scared. Everywhere you turned, all you saw was pandemic, pandemic, pandemic. People are dying. People are sick. And I was like... I want to be a source of anything except that. I want people to have a place where they can come and laugh, take their mind off of things, look, eat a good meal, feel inspired, feel safe, right? Feel hopeful. And that's what I want to do. I want to give people that. So to me, it felt like a responsibility. But I also had just come off of my own personal pandemic. So I wasn't afraid. Mm. I was like, listen, I almost died. I was already at the darkest place of my life for almost two years. And God brought me out of that. So the pandemic didn't scare me. Can you speak on that a little bit? Because I think people are going through hard times every day, even it's exponentially so. Mm -hmm. And if you can, obviously you share your story all the time, but just a little bit of how you pulled yourself out of that darkness. Yeah, I mean, I was very sick for a year and a half with a headache in the back of my head. The doctors couldn't tell me why this headache was there why I was having chronic fatigue, why I was having chronic pain in my body, why as a woman, my all my lady stuff was just out of whack, why I was falling when I was walking, why I lost my vision for a day. They couldn't tell me anything. And I was depressed. I was having panic attacks. I just couldn't get well. And I honestly thought God forgot about me, right? I really did. I was like, well, Lord, you didn't, you didn't brought me this far to leave me here, Right. 
Um, but what I realized is he had to take me to a very dark place so that the only person I could reach for or call for was him. And that's what I had to do. And I tell the story all the time. You know, I had my moment where I was like, OK, I'm going to try one more time to talk to the Lord about me. But this time I'm really going to mean it, you know, and I went in the bathroom and I, I called it my coming to Jesus moment. And I got in the mirror and I was really in search of trying to connect with my soul. And they said, the only way you can do that is through your eyes. Right. And I'm like, Lord, if I made in your image, this is how I'm going to see you. And I just called out to him and I said, God, if you heal me, you can have me. And I'm not going to live my life my way anymore. Clearly, it was not working for me. Right. I'm going to live the way you created me to live and to be. Because I also, you know, I've been pursuing acting for over 20 plus years. I came from North Carolina, born and raised, and I moved to L.A. in pursuit of this 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 journey. Of Wait, it's 11-11. Let's have a moment. Oh, that's my my number. <laughs> Thank you, God. I just want to be in full gratitude all the time. You're making Absolutely. me cry because I'm I feel that so, so deeply that there are so many women that don't know how to surrender. They don't know how to say, you know, I know it's like uh, Jesus take the wheel. There's so many ways of saying it. But yeah. that moment where you're looking at yourself and you surrender is yeah. the moment that do you actually hear God's voice or is it your voice? Explain to people because some people are so uncomfortable with that moment or speaking to God. Yeah. I always tell people because I get asked that a lot. He comes in different ways, right? I've heard the sound of God's voice. The very first time I ever heard it scared me to the point where I thought I was going to have to check myself in the hospital. I was living in Greensboro, North Carolina after we had to go back. So in 98, I moved to California the first time to pursue my acting. Was not in Los Angeles. I was down in Orange County, living in Laguna Niguel, renting a room out from somebody. And my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, he came out after I'd been there for a couple of months. And he was like, wait, this is crazy. You are working two jobs. You're not pursuing acting. You're far away from Hollywood. This isn't making any sense. You can't even save money here because it's so expensive. We need to go back to North Carolina, save up for one year, and then we move to L.A. so you can really pursue your dreams, right? And I thought that was a good idea. So we moved back to North Carolina in 99. And that one-year plan turned into five years, a baby. We got married and a forgotten dream. I convinced myself because I didn't had a baby now. I got this job and we got a house and cars. I, too many responsibilities to be chasing a dream. One morning, my bed shook like it was an earthquake in Greensboro, North Carolina, and woke me up. And my skin felt like it was going to fall off. It was burning. And I heard a voice that sounded like thunder. And the voice said, this is not the life I planned for you. And I freaked out. I was like, I got on my knees. I started praying. I was like, God, if this is you speaking to me, I need you to tell me today. Yeah. Because if not, I think I'm, I'm losing my mind, you know? Show me a sign today. Like, I, I I can't wait on the sign. And later that day, we were on our way to the mall, me and my husband my, and my daughter. And on the radio, Buster Brown, who was a, uh, the local DJ there in the triad, came on the radio and he was like, hey, this is Buster Brown. I just got a new TV show on the WB and I am looking for a female co-host. And I'm holding auditions. And I knew that was my sign. There were never, ever auditions in Greensboro. Oh. And I went to that audition and I booked that job. It's my first audition for television. And that was my first time hearing God's voice. And I knew it guided me, right? Over the years, the voice, uh, when my mother got sick, my mom had ALS. 
And so it, what ALS is, is it's neuromuscular. And so what happens is all your muscles eventually go to sleep, including your vocal box. And so at the last few months of my mom's life, she could no longer talk. She could only barely whisper or we'd have to read her lips or use a chart. I would be at her house. She, you know, we had the hospital bed was in her, her bedroom and I would be in the office in her other side of her house. And as clear as I'm talking to you, I could hear my mom say, Tab, come here. And I would run in there I'd be like, Mom, you called me. And she would look at me like, now, how did I call you? And I would be like, oh, my God. But I heard it so clear. But she would either be hungry or have to use the bathroom or do the different things that she needed assistance with doing. And so what she told me, she was like, you know, sometimes what God will do is because he doesn't want to scare you. He'll use a familiar voice. Right. No. Sometimes that voice is your child. Sometimes you're at home and you clearly hear like somebody call your name. And you like, wait, did somebody call? Like, you know, it's it's that. And for me, it happens a lot. But it also is a whisper for me. It's just like a very, almost like the sound of a hummingbird or a bee when it buzzes, but very light. And it's a, it's a whisper that I hear. That's how I hear him. I also hear him in dreams and see, and, you know, things. My gift has early as I can remember as a child, was always seeing things that no one else saw. Spirit, right? So that's just been my whole life. Mm. So I always tell people, it may not show up the same way for you as it does for me. God knows each of us and he also knows what we can handle. Me and my mama, we used to always joke because she knew my gift, right? My mother was also gifted. And so I always used to tell her, like, mama, when you pass on, you know, because we knew she was going to pass. I said, oh, you come to me in my dreams. Don't you come to me while I'm awake because I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> she come to you in your dreams? Is oh, she like your biggest cheerleader? I bet. Oh, oh my God. All the time. And she sends signs, you know, that, you know, people have to just open their mind, open that, you know, that third eye. God has given us the gift of being connected to him and to spirit and to soul like if we just open up to it, that, you know, that's sometimes the thing about religion. It causes so much separation. And a lot of times people don't like to believe in the spirituality of it all. And so they'll hide behind the religious aspect. But the real thing is about your relationship with him and what he puts and develops inside of here. 100% it is your personal relationship with God. I say that to people all the time. It doesn't even matter what religion you come from. If you can't hear God or you don't feel like you have an an easy vehicle to speak to spirit, then it doesn't matter what your religion is. You got to find a new one because that's the most important thing, right? And it makes me question your relationship with your mom. It sounds like you guys had a really connected relationship and there was no trauma there. Right. No, it was amazing. I had a, a phenomenal mother, a woman of grace and a peaceful spirit. She was very young when she died. She died at 51. Wow. Uh, and all the years that I had her, it was just, she taught me so much just about grace and love and compassion for people. She was great. She was a social worker. She was also a pastor later in her life. And she just always taught me, try to see the good in everybody. And that's that's how I live my life now. Well, how do you describe yourself when you think of your skill set? You're no longer just an actress or just a mom. How do you see yourself? What boxes are you putting yourself in? I don't really put myself in any box. I always say I'm a lover of all things. You know, I do still, I'm very passionate and still love acting. I still do it. 
I love business. You know, I have several businesses and, you know, entrepreneur. I have been blessed with amazing partnerships. Yes, never- you have. <laughs> if Whole Foods is coming to you with 5,000 followers, yeah, you are just attracting what they say. It's not about kind of stepping your feet out there. Sometimes it's just what women need to do more of is just attract all yeah. of to their lives, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, I write, you know, I'm an author now. I design, I produce, you know, I create, I I do so many different things. So I always tell people, I hate the word influencer for myself. Like, that's just not who I am. I just so happen to be a woman who has influence. <laughs> I love that. Right? That influencer weird. word has like some sting on it right now. It's just, it's it's a whole yeah. animal of itself. Right. And I, and I think that it's because a lot of people don't really understand it or some people will take it and make it something bad. There's nothing wrong with being an influencer. There's some great influences out there. That's just not who I am. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. Right. I'm a daughter. I'm a friend. I'm a sister. And I just have influence. But I do so many other things. The blossom happened starting in 2017. You've gotten through your health issues. You changed your whole life and your health by eating vegan. Yeah. Which for our culture is like so much obstacle. People are like, no, I need meat. And what you're showing people is you don't. There's so many mushrooms and so many things out there, cauliflower, that can give you the taste. Do you see, does it feel like we're shifting out of this sort of the shackles of pork and beef and chicken? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So many people look for healthier options. So many people are curious. And I think if you you go into the approach, like my approach is always non-judgmental and I'm just sharing and I'm not taking anything away from you. I'm offering you something new. That's it. And I think if you do it that way, then you open more eyes and minds to it. Yeah. Always be my thing. Add a little humor. How do you describe yourself as a mother? Oh, honey, I love being a mom. It's one of my favorite things. Over the years, I have, of course, changed as a mom. You know, I've been a mom for a very long time now. My bonus daughter is is going to be 28 this year. But daughter that I, you know, gave birth to me and my husband, she'll be 22 this year. And my son is 11. There's so much that has changed, right? When I had my daughter, I wasn't as patient. Everything was was rushed. You know, I'm early 20s. Mm-hmm. Now, every day is so special. Now we got to take time because we know we don't, we don't have it forever. Children only get a very small amount of time to be children. Mm-hmm. All of us, we get a good 10 to 12 years. And that's all we get. And we adult for the rest of our life. So much. We always rush to get out of childhood. And then we're like, dang, we got bills now. Exactly. We got bills. And your son is right there. And I I love how you approach really hard topics outside of your effervescence and your joy and your positivity. You do still broach really tough topics in a Tabitha way. Mm-hmm. How are you dealing with this world raising a black son? How are you focusing uh-huh. on getting him confident? walking through the world, standing strong, even though the world is so ugly. Yeah, it is tough, right? The thought of wanting him to always be safe, because the thing is, as much as he's beautiful and that chocolate skin, I tell him every day, your skin is powerful. It's beautiful. You know, your hair is thick. It's gorgeous. You know, it's it's strong. My son is also about five, three, five, four at 11. So I know very soon he'll go from being this cute, innocent looking kid to 
a lot of people, he'll look like a threat just for simply existing. Those are the things that are very hard to swallow, but it's our reality as Black parents, right? Especially raising a son. But every day we are empowering him and speaking life into him and letting him know, like, you know, that unfortunately the world is not not always going to be fair. We teach him the unfortunate truths about the world and about racism. And we unfortunately had to start doing that at an early age, you know, seven and eight years old, especially even when George Floyd happened, you know, that was years, a couple of years ago when he was very young, but you got to explain it to him. And so having these uncomfortable conversations are way necessary, right? Because what happens is if you don't have these conversations with them, they go into the world unprepared and then they don't realize what, what is happening when something hits them. That's what's so hard about privilege. I've talked to Jada Pinkett Smith about this. We have children who are privileged. And mm-hmm. so there's an, an idea that they it may not apply to them, but it does. So oh. to be able to enjoy their privilege, but to also be watching out and making sure they're safe is a weird dichotomy. Absolutely. Like I tell them all the time, we're blessed, right? You're, you're blessed to be able to have the things that you need, to be able to have the house that we have and You know, everything God blessed us with. But at the end of the day, that's here at home. When you go out into the world, you just like anybody else. There is no privilege. There's no specialty. Nothing separates you from anybody else. So the thing that you have to always do is to be kind, to be respectful. But make sure you do that for yourself first and then extend it to others. Of course, my husband's a retired police officer and and even him having to teach him and my daughters, how to respond to officers and how to, it's different for us. Yeah, It's different for us. It just is, you know, and even from us being in LA and then going back to North Carolina, even that is different. You drive different. It's a different thing in the South than it is in, uh, you know, on the West Coast. It's different, but the same, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? One's more overt, one's more covert. LA Mm -hmm. is certainly not devoid of racism it's just they get to be hollywood and say we're looking for an urban girl 20 to 40 maybe doesn't speak proper english they hide it here that's the one thing about the south they ain't gonna hide it they're gonna let you know but in 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 la what i found over the years is oh y'all hiding it i thought we was good but now i realize that oh we wasn't okay got it but in the South, everybody lets you know they got to sign out in the, you know, in the front yard. Right. They, they find rebel flags or oh. you know, all the things. So they, they let you know how they feel. It's no secret. So. I'm such an L.A. girl. I'm not familiar outside of going to Spelman, you know, and knowing that the KKK was created 30 miles away. I don't really have that experience now that you are Tabitha Brown. Mm-hmm. You have to deal with that stuff anymore. Have, okay. Really? Tell me about the last experience, Tab. I literally, I went to get, do I have it on? This bracelet. I went to a jeweler here in LA, in in Chatsworth, actually, to get the link fixed on my bracelet. And it's an older store that I have frequented. You know, I've been there before. The main jeweler was was out. Um, He had had like surgery or something. So his wife and, and a couple other people were there working. and. His wife was sitting in the back. I saw her and I'm talking to the young guy that's working and get him my bracelet. 
and there's like antique jewelry in there. And I was like, oh, now mind you, the door, you have to be buzzed in to get in. Right. right? It locks. And so I was like, oh, let me see. I'm going to look at a couple of things while I'm waiting, you know. So he pulls out the thing of rings and, you know, jewelry. And I'm looking at things and I'm trying things on. And, he, and the phone rings. So he walks over to answer the phone. I look up. I can see her watching me the entire time. We know what that feels like as black. We know we can feel it on the back of our head. Literally. And I'm being watched. I'm the only person in there. Mm -hmm. And the door is also locked. Right. And so I take the ring and I put it back and I was just sitting there waiting. She comes over, she takes it and she puts it back and locks it. And I was like, she didn't say, are you done? Did you like anything? Anything. And I said to her, I said, honey, um, I promise you, I'm the last person that you have to be concerned about. And she's like, oh, I, I, I'm just, you know, it's, it's protocol because I don't want anyone else. to." I said, I'm the only one in here and the door is locked. But honey, it, I didn't fit the bill, right? It happens all the time. Some people recognize me and if they do, then they're like, oh, it's happened around. Like, but people who don't, I still, if I have my bigger purse, I'm very mindful. It never goes away. Yeah. They're watching me in the store. Right. So I also don't like that you're going to be treated like a human if they recognize you. I should get the same treatment no matter what. Everybody. It shouldn't matter if I'm Tabitha Brown. It shouldn't matter who I am. Right. So. But yeah, girl, it don't change nothing. Mm Mm-mm. So how do we as a community, we have more and more black entrepreneurs and millionaires. Have you ever thought about, I don't know, joining forces with Oprah and starting a school? Like what, what, <laughs> what is that part of you that's like, how do you give back or connect our community even more now that you have prestige and power and influence? Oh, honey, I'm always giving back in so many ways that, that I don't even publicize. But the one thing that I do a lot of is support small businesses. Because the more we all elevate and grow, stronger we become. And especially with a huge focus on Black businesses, Black designers. I am constantly, like anytime I'm on television, most time I'm always in a Black designer, whether it's my dress, my earrings, my shoes. It's a constant thing because I want to uplift. But also I want the rest of the world to know, like we do everything too. We're not what the news tells you we are. We are more than that. We are amazing, creative people. I create things that are affordable for everybody at Target, right? I make sure that the whole world can walk in and say, oh, wait, this is a whole Black woman with an Afro doing what? You know, I show up as I am. I never apologize for being tan because I think it's important for people to see us as we are so that they can respect that and so they don't fear it. Because that's what it is. It's a fear that they have. But it's it's a it's a ridiculous fear that's based on nothing. No, it's based on something. You know what it's based on? What? It's the fear of retaliation. It's the fear because they know the real history. Right. So in the back of their mind, who they have a reason to be upset. Which is why they're banning books and they don't want people to learn, which is so frustrating because, you know, I have an eight year old. So I'm dealing with third grade learning about uh, racism and enslavement and for them to say, well, we don't want the white kids to feel guilty, but we still need to let our kids know what the history is. So they're still having to learn the ugly truth. So it's still a wonky world and your, your show for kids, I think is 
Yes. going to expand and help our kids, whatever we need to do to let them see themselves. And now that I tell my daughter all the time, you're so lucky. You got yes. 5 million shows that cater to you. I had right. two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One thing. We one have Judy and the Cosby show. Yep. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And so now here we are in a space where now kids are going to have tab time. Yeah. Now kids are going to be like, I'm going to, I mean, have you processed or are you just moving forward? Because I can't even count how many businesses you have right now. How many total? I honestly, I don't even count. I'm, I'm exactly what you just said. I, I'm present, but I move forward. You know, I don't, I just, I'm doing the work and my work is purposeful. So I do think about it because I sit in it. Like when, anytime I show up to set, you know, for tab time and, I put on Miss Tab's dress and I'm just like, God, I thank you for using me, right? For this moment, for this journey, for this era. My husband always says I'll live forever because of the things that I do. You know, whether it's my stories in a book or it's tab time with the children. They'll forever keep my spirit alive the same way we do, like even with Mr. Rogers. I loved Mr. Rogers growing up. And I, I'm I'm grateful to be able to be used in that way, you know. But yeah, I don't I don't think about it often. I, I just kind of stay present and move forward and be on to the next. Yeah, you had many years to think about this moment. Right. And now you're here. So run, yeah. run. So the yeah, question exactly. is, now that everything is going well, mm-hmm. now that you're in your ultimate purpose, what's wrong? Where are the challenges? Oh, honey, challenges are always there. I'm human, right? The challenges become when you think people will still be the same, but they are not. And when you find out who they really were all along. I got goosebumps on that. Yeah, that's the challenge. Um, That one hurts. You know, it hurts often, but I can't do anything about it, but receive it and move forward. Even in business, you know, people try to take advantage and people try to own your brand. They try to, they be like, no, I want to, I want to give me half of who you are. Like, Mm -hmm. no, I work my butt off to, be Tabitha Brown, yeah. be free to create all of me. You know, you can't have half of who I am. Like that, it don't work that way, you know? It's the audacity for me though, really. It's literally the audacity and people don't get it. You know, I, I, I think the other thing is people think that it's all glitz and glam. They don't realize how much I work because they see 30 seconds or one minute or five minutes, you know, per day of whatever I post. They don't understand the four hours of sleep. They don't understand the the constant work and the missing of family, the flights, the sciatic pain because I'm on 14 hour flights or eight hour flights or, you know, multiple times a week. And people think that you have it all. They don't realize to whom much is given, much is required. So there's always this thought that you know me and what I'm doing, but you do not. But I, I give grace to people because that's their ignorance. That's them not knowing and assuming. But, you know, I take it. You know, I take it. I'm like, all right, it comes with the territory, but it ain't going to stop nothing. I'm going to keep on going. Explain to me how the family dynamic has shifted. Your husband was out of the house. He was a police officer. You have retired your husband. Uh You see now your personal bodyguard. (laughs) Well, he's always been there. (laughs) Protecting all the jewels, right? There's no one that I feel safer with than my husband. but. He runs a nonprofit for children, and that was always his passion before. And then uh, he was doing it while he was working. And 
when he retired, he was able to do that full time now. Tell us so, about that. It's a nonprofit yes. called what? Teen Chance Basketball, where he teaches children life skills through basketball. That is his passion. He is he loves those kids. He loves basketball. You know, of course, my son plays, so he gets to coach my son and he does that. On every two, it's almost every day a week now. It used to be like two or three days a week, and then on the weekends we have games. But I'd be like, "You just be adding on every day, yep. <laughs> baby." I got to do my nonprofit. Exactly. <laughs> they love it. I love it. I so love he's it. not he's not doing the golf thing. He stink because he's got good knees apparently still, and so he's doing the basketball thing. Right. But he does play golf. He loves golf. That's his new thing. He took some classes, and now he is addicted. He loves golf. So, but he he's passionate about the children, and of course, he loves being a father. And, being able to have all that one-on-one time now available with my son. I mean, he is in heaven. He's so happy. You said so, a word you said a word before that you just threw out there, but it's something I want to focus on. Freedom. We are okay. all searching for freedom. You are free. People don't even know what that means. Like real freedom, not just you no know, shackles, but here mentally, yes. free in your heart. You are not beholden to anybody besides the people that you love and you choose. And you're at a place in your life where you really are seeing people's truth, unfortunately, and fortunately, sometimes. You've had to purge some friends, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Friends, business, partners. But the friends and family, those is so eye opening. You're like, oh, wow, this is real. This that was inside of you all along. (laughs) But thanks for showing up and really showing me. So and peace. Right. We talk a lot about protecting our peace here. We talk a lot about creating boundaries and holding them firm. Mm -hmm. When you do that, when you're ready to say, okay, this person no longer serves me, they don't wish me well. Is it a ghosting or do you actually have a conversation? How does Tab deal with that moment in her life? Yeah, I don't do well with ghosting. I need to, I have to say my piece. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel like I deserve that. And the other person deserves to know why as well, even if they don't respect me, but it's not for them, it's for me so that I can have peace. So I just let people know, like you exactly, literally, I will say to them, you know, I have really prayed about and I've come to the understanding that you don't serve me well. And this part of our journey has now come to an end. You know, I wish you the best. With a smile. Yes, I I do. I I wish you no harm and I wish you the best. And and God bless you, honey. Hope it finds you and holds you tight. I wish we were all so classy. <laughs> That's the way to do it, though. Because the thing about when people reveal, there's already enough heartbreak in the moment. It, it doesn't feel well when you realize someone that you love or someone you've admired or someone that you've worked with turns out to be something else. There's nothing more heartbreaking than that to me. It doesn't feel well. So there's no need to have a nasty closing to it. It's already nasty. It doesn't feel well. So I need to be at peace with the release. So then it's just a matter of, I see now, but I appreciate you, you know, for showing up. So it's not about closure because people get, women get caught up with this closure thing Mm -hmm. because closure is almost like, I want you to make me feel better. It's, you're just, you're just saying goodbye. Yeah, that is closure for me, right? Sometimes the closure is going on about your business, honey. Right? It's like, oh, all right. You know, this this was, we had a good run, didn't we? I've even told people that. I've, I've told friends that, that were my friends for a very long time. Your your friendship, your family, I would share some, we had some of the best memories of my life. And I'll hold on to those. Mm. Going now, 
God says you can't go. And you've you've said that. Oh, absolutely. And you've also shown me that you don't want to go. And I'm all right with that. And I love you. And I pray that you be well. And that's it. I'm taking that one. That that's a hard one for me. I want to grow up and be like that one day. I, I didn't. I was not always that way. I used to be the. Let me keep reaching out. Let me keep trying to connect. Let me tr- keep trying to fix it. Let me figure out what's wrong. Why doesn't the energy feel right? Well, maybe we need to get together again. Yeah, I was seeing myself exhausting, and I was the only one doing it. And then I realized, wait a minute, girl, what are you doing? This is this is also not freedom. Because now I'm under somebody else's thought. Like I'm allowing myself to be thinking about what they're thinking about. And that's not freedom. It should just be how I feel. If this isn't feeling well to me and I've tried and done my part, it must be time to go. (laughs) (laughs) Watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another. Amen. Big smile. I wish you well. But bye bye. Because you are all light, and we all know this. We feel it, which is why you're so popular. Which is why we love buying your products and we like buying your hair. I I, I literally just got out the shower to show you. This is Shaniqua. She don't have products yet. (laughs) This is her. She always beautiful. Thank you. But what could knock Tab off of her lit center? You mess with my family. Mess with my money because I take care of my family with my money uh, and my time. Right? It doesn't necessarily knock me off my center, but you gonna get a different energy from Tab. It's gonna be very direct, and she gonna be she gonna be business in a different way. We haven't seen that woman very often. Yeah, you don't want to, but she's, <laughs> but she's there. But she in there, especially when it comes to my family. Right? Like I don't play about my my husband. And I don't play about my kids. Mm. And also don't play about my daddy. Thanks for hanging out, Mama. I know how little time we have in our day to honor ourselves. And I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Make sure you click like, rate, and subscribe. I'd love to hear what you think about today's show and what you want to hear going forward. Remember, mommying is a gift and you're doing a kick-ass job. So... Woosah and Mama Stay.